Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ask the Educator podcast. My name is Adam Okada, and with me is my co-host, Kevin Anderson. Kevin, how are you doing today? Doing well, my friend, and looking forward to getting into this podcast, following up another great international webinar. Absolutely. And our guest at this time is the presenter of our November international webinar, which is Alicia Loy. Alicia just got done with an incredibly emotional presentation. I'm not going to lie. I uh, had to get some Kleenex out for that one quite a few times, actually. So Alicia, why don't you go ahead, just sort of introduce yourself and then tell a little about your presentation today. Yeah, Adam, Kevin, it's so great to be with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Just love our partnership anyway, but it's super fun to hang out with you. So really excited about this webinar and really looking forward to having people tap into it now that it's out there and recorded. Bring people on in there, get a chance to tap in and and see what's going on. Really where this stems from is, is the story behind me being here, right? I mean, and even the, the reality is that I probably shouldn't be, um, my son and his story and how because of incredible efforts and over 250 instrument trays, we ended up with almost three years with him, whereas in a lot of instances, we maybe should have had maybe minutes or days. And so kind of steering all that and pointing us towards the place of saying, we can be bold, we can be brave, we're gladiators. Yeah, this uh, webinar, Alicia, with your story and and your son's story, I think everyone can relate to it, but not to like the extent that you can. Not everyone has that necessarily that personal story that's so intimate with, you know, surgery and just being that close to, you know, not being here, to be frank, you know, that's something that not everybody has to deal with. And one of the one of the challenges as a manager in sterile processing is just bridging that gap and bringing our work into the lives of the patients, you know, even for, I'm, I'm a former OR nurse. I don't know if you know that about me, but we used to work in the operating room all the time. And, you know, even in the operating room, when you're putting drapes on people every single day and you just see a tiny little bit of a surgical field, it's easy to kind of distance yourself even from the patient in that regard and kind of start getting into going through the motions of it and not really thinking about how your work connects to the health and well-being of the patient and all the connections that they have. So I think that stories like yours are just truly powerful and so necessary for our field in sterile processing in particular because the work is so uh, integral in the outcome of the patient. Like for what you said, like you may not be here your son got way more time with you based on the interventions that were empowered to take place. And all of that can be traced back to the work in sterile processing. And it's just such a powerful story and one that I think is going to be very important for the industry to kind of make that connection. And I'm just so thankful that we have it now. It's going to be recorded and available for people to listen to well into the future. But when you were going through it, 
those were things that you weren't thinking of. So I think that that was a really important connection to make too. It's not something that's really freshly on your mind or even something you're aware of. So this is something that we all have to embed in our minds and in our practice when we come to work every day, right? Yeah, you know what's funny? So even after all of this, right? The fun thing was, is I actually had somebody go through with me so we knew how many trays were actually used on us, right? That was a fun exercise for us. But even after all of this, and I tell people, I did not choose healthcare. Healthcare chose me. After getting smacked in the face so hard, I was like, all right, I finally get it. Okay, apparently missed it the first time. I get it. And walked in the door. Now, to get my foot in the door in healthcare, I accepted a position in quality, because that is my background, for central sterilizing services. I had no idea what it was. Like, I walked in on day one, and I'm like, oh, okay, you instruments, cool. All right, I can work with this, right? Had no idea. 250 instrument sets saved my life, gave me three years with my son, and I'm coming to make healthcare a better place, walk in the door, and I'm dumbfounded at the fact that this work exists. I don't even know what to say to that other than that is what happens when our teams do amazing work. When they are gladiators, that means we don't have to think about this as a patient. It doesn't take away from the work. It adds value to the work, right? That present-mindedness that you were speaking of, Kevin, regardless of where we are in healthcare, not only drives us to having better quality, but in all honesty, it helps light our spark too, right? Who wants to come into work and work on that thing over there laying on a bed or that one more instrument that somebody put in the wrong tray, right? If we can connect it back, it allows us to have a sense of purpose and a sense of accomplishment in what we do. First of all, thank you, Alicia, for sharing your story, because that was just an incredible and really a one-of-a-kind story that you you can share as a patient and as a parent, being kind of on both sides of that other side of surgery that we don't see too much. And I really like the idea of that gladiator, that hold-the-line mentality that you stressed throughout the webinar, because sterile processing technicians, I think we think of this like a nine-to-five. We clock in, we do a job, we clock out, we go home, and we don't think about the other end of things, like you were saying. If the patient doesn't think about us, if the OR doesn't think about us, that's good. That means we did our job and that patients were safe. And that, in a way, makes us heroes as well. And I think that that's a really important way for serial processing technicians to see themselves because we don't often see ourselves as frontline fighters. We often see ourselves as, you know, grunt workers or the people that kind of get the short end, things like that. And yes, you're in the background. Yes, you're the one behind the scenes, behind the curtain that's making everything happen. But it's no less important to the patient on the table if we don't do our job. And I think that's the thing that you stress throughout that presentation that I think is so incredible. And if you have not seen the webinar, please, please go check out at hmark.com. Go under education and look for the webinars. Uh, it is called A Patient and a Parent Perspective is the name of the uh, webinar from Alicia. I really encourage you to go check it out. Check it out with your teams. The one thing I wanted to ask you, Alicia, before we go, yeah, what inspired you to want to tell your story to others? Because you are incredibly vulnerable, you're incredibly open, and you're sharing very intimate parts of your life. What made you want to share this with others? Yeah. My son was born with a genetic condition called Kabuki syndrome. 
there were only 60 worldwide diagnosed cases. So when people tell me there are rare conditions, I ask, how rare? Because at that point, there is no research, there is no support group, there's nothing out there. And so Tripp, throughout his almost three years of life, he taught so many people across the entire medical community. Things that we did to control his disease had never been done before. So we were used to working in an academic medical setting. We had residents, we had fellows, we had all kinds of people that were brought in to help support and and figure these things out. And the teams did phenomenal jobs. And it got to the point, though, for us that it was like, if no other purpose to help someone else down the line, because Tripp was one of the first to be diagnosed by blood work with this condition, that technology occurred in his lifetime. So as this becomes possibly more known than it had in the past, we wanted others to have that opportunity to learn. And my husband and I, after three years of figuring this out, it was like, this is our crusade, our crusade to help other people be able to shorten those timelines and fill those gaps that we found. And so that's what drove me to come to the healthcare side of things. That's what drove me to be able to to stand in front of people and just kind of throw it all out there, be willing to be vulnerable and be willing to allow people to cast their judgment and to recognize that that's okay. It's okay. And until we're able to be honest, until we're able to see all of these different perspectives, I don't know that we can make the changes that we need in the healthcare world. It's going to take that level of boldness, that level of vulnerability. And so we chose, because like I had said in the presentation, every child is special, but my child was rare. That didn't end the day that he died. I mean, just the fact that you have that perspective, Alicia, and and that you know that this story is a powerful one for many reasons, obviously for the future well-being of anybody else diagnosed in the future with this syndrome. You call it Kabuki syndrome, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's right. So what a testament to to your son that, that he was able to bring that much more education and knowledge to the medical community as a whole on this and, and maybe perhaps make things better for kids and families in the future with this. But I wanted to, before we wrap up, Adam, I did want to point out that Alicia made another really, really good point in her webinar that I did want to highlight really quickly. And maybe you didn't think of it as a big deal so much because of, you know, your story was kind of the highlight. But I think one other thing with sterile processing is we forget that we're part of the surgical team. And we look at, you know, the OR nurses and the techs maybe adversarially and and not so much as part of the team. And that is a hindrance. And You know what? I want to tell you as an OR nurse and somebody who has worked in surgery that that is not unique to sterile processing. We all have that adversarial attitude sometimes, and that's something that we need to get better at. We all rub each other the wrong way. We all get stressed out because of the mistakes that happen or things that are going on in surgery. And we need to be better about acting as though we're part of the team and acting as though we're part of the infection control committee and the IP team, the quality and safety team, all of these 
are something that sterile processing absolutely should be a part of and should feel a part of. And I don't think if we keep going around acting like victims or acting like somebody else because we might get paid less or whatever, the same thing could be said for environmental services. They get paid less, but their job is extremely important. They are also part of the infection control team. So where does it end? It's just based on your skills, your education, where you are in the pay scale, but you're also important to the procedure, to the surgery, and to the lives of the patients we serve. So I just wanted to call that out there because that was extremely important. And uh, I don't want that to be overlooked in this presentation because I think it's just one of those things that we're just too used to being the punching bag and feeling like that and not being a part of the solution and be a part of the healing of the patients. That's where we need to really put our mind when we come in and we clock in for work every day. So great point that I wanted to call out by you. So I didn't know if you had any further things that you wanted to drive home before we finish up, but those were my final thoughts on the matter. Yeah, Kevin, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm very passionate about that. I truly believe we can't change what's broken if we don't think and do differently. And so that only works when we all come together. Whether that's building a quality system, whether that's improving, whether that's making things happen in the day because it's not going as smoothly as we want, that's not an isolated group. That's not a one person. It can't be. It genuinely takes us all. And that's where I take it to heart when I say together we survive. There is a face of enemies. A gram-negative infection took my son from me. That wasn't somebody in healthcare. That was a gram-negative, untreatable infection. That's my enemy. The only way we beat that is when we all come together. And that's the perfect place to wrap up, you guys. I think that, Alicia, it was a privilege to, to have you on the podcast, but also to listen to your story today on the international webinar. If you haven't heard it by now, please go check it out. Adam mentioned it earlier. It's on our hmark.com education tab. Sign up for past webinars and you'll find it in there. But again, Alicia, thank you so much for your time, for being on the webinar and on this podcast. And Adam, thanks for all you do and keeping these things going for everybody. It's a really valuable part of our education team here at HealthMark. So thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity and appreciate the things that you guys do every day. All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.